In the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Good evening, everybody. My name's Kevin, and I'm playing Ruskell. I'm Ellie, playing Danny Lazani. I'm Michael Atorlin. I am Ernesto Wittruco here. I'm your Dungeon Master, Philip. Welcome to the Savage Tales of Eberron, Mourners of Lazar campaign. First season, episode 22. Thank you all for listening and tuning in to us. So for tonight's background question, what has been the greatest love of your life? Oh, man. I hate to start the night on a downer, but it shouldn't surprise anyone, but it's flying for me. It wasn't always that way, though. When I first went up, I, I hated it. I mean, you got to remember, I grew up in Metro's Undercity. I didn't really know what wind was till I was standing on top of a cliff out west of Metro where they trained us hatchlings. In fact, I was scared of heights. They assigned me to a training hippogriff whose name was Irrepressible. I'm sure you know most flying mounts, they bond for life, but the Dallas, the, the dragon marked house, they also breed what's called trainers. These tend to be a little smarter, more independent, but also no shortage of personality. It's really important because not every squire is cut out for wings, you know? You don't want to bond someone, don't got the stomach for it. And Eerie, man, I swear to Sovereigns and Six, she could smell fear. My first hop was supposed to be just a simple dive and land. You start high, you end low. Well, he barely got me out of the saddle before I abandoned my lunch right there on the landing deck, right in front of everyone. And the second hop didn't go much better. Eerie, she bucked, inverted, and I panicked, pulled the saddle release, went right over the wings. And fortunately, my feather token kicked in, but I had a long walk back to camp and starting to think maybe I'm just better off as a duster, rolling in the mud. Sooner or later, it's, it's coming up on time for evaluations and they've been drilling us. We've been memorizing, studying. They've been throwing us off cliffs with feather tokens. But it comes up to the night before evaluations and uh, I sneak off into the stables and just plop down next to Erie. She's sleeping. I was a little drunk. They snuck some spirits into the barracks. And I just kind of go off on, you know, what it's like growing up in the dirt, wondering what clouds taste like, how you can watch them floating on by, like seeing the hands of time. I remember telling her I was scared. I don't know why. If I fail, I just, I go home, you know, no big loss. It's like it never happened, right? But in talking about it, I realized I think I found something. Somewhere in those hops and in those dives and rolls, I, I found like a purpose, maybe. I, I don't know. And to have that taken away right when your fingertips touch it, I couldn't imagine much more cruel in the world. Well, I'd, I'd like to think she heard me because next day, saddle up for evaluation flight. And I'm just like, this is it, Erie. This is either way, live or die. Let's be bold. All right. 
she goes over and we go straight down and cold mountain air rammed into my lungs at 40 knots and I felt every strap, every buckle stretched to its limit. And then right when I think this is it and I go to pull for that release cord again, she pulls out and we start to gain altitude. And I look off to the west and there's Metrol glittering like seven gems on a crown. I'll never forget it. That right there, I think, is the moment I fell in love with flying. We ride that thermal up to the cumulus line where the fog's lifted up to and, and I learn what a cloud tastes like. Anyway, the rest of this story is real boring, so I'll spare you the details, but over the next few years, that's when I learned that I was really in love with flying. Just to say, that got me like really like how to train your dragon vibes, like the description thing. That was that was really cool. Eerie was rough, but, but you know, I miss her. She was stern. Wow, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get you back in the air, but mast of a ship's pretty tall for, for whatever it's worth. Well, Russ, you met him once. Tor- Torlin actually only met him once himself. I think it's clear as day to most everyone who's ever heard his name from my mouth that the love of my life was <laughs> a nobleman from Metro named Mazzaloir Lazani. And boy, anyone who knew me when I was Dana Moreno, boy, would that be quite a ridiculous story. But, well, <laughs> he was one of a kind. You know, when I wound up in Metro after Papa died and I sold the farm for certain values of sold to uh to old Mr. Peretti. We didn't have, you know, there wasn't a lot of money, but I knew he'd take care of the place. Went up to Metro. They couldn't quite get into the regular uh into the regular service, so House Dennis took me in. And we there there were a few months of training there in Metro, you know, I it was all new to me, but I had I had a knack for it, had a knack for sword fighting. And a few months later, we got our orders. And off we were to the Carnathia front to help shore up some of the Siren regulars there. And we, we got out to camp and the captain came out and introduced himself, told us we'd better not embarrass him and was gone as soon as he showed up to to start his speech left us all kind of looking at each other and left this poor fellow who'd been there with him holding the bag this young core of our guy i don't know what i was expecting i you know i hadn't i hadn't met any uh nobles before but he he didn't make a big deal of it but the captain did for some reason made a big point of of pointing it out and what can I say? He was he was just a guy, you know. He was he was tall like a lot of Corvar. He was pretty average otherwise. He kept his hair short because we were out on the front. Just a regular guy. And then he started talking. And as soon as he opened his mouth to give us our orders and get us situated, get our assignments, get our you know, get our tents rolling. We all just kind of looked at each other, you know, to the right and to the left and went, this guy's going to try to make sure we don't die. 
and you know that that was my first night as a Denneth mercenary, I guess. And uh, well, one thing led to another. You know, he'd come and have dinner. He'd eat with us instead of with the captain. We all got to know each other. Me, Maz, Fala, Lieutenant Owen. And he would just sit there and tell stories. But not about not about being a noble, just stories about being on the front or stories that, you know, the kind of thing everyone does growing up. Getting in trouble, <laughs> staying out too late. And... One night after some of those stories, uh, Vala and Lieutenant Owen got up to leave. And then it was just me and him, and he was nice, you know? He wanted to make sure we all got home alive. I didn't have anything to go back to, but that seemed to not make a difference. He was still real keen. Gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. It just kind of happened. Six months later, we were in Seaside getting married. (laughs) And Torlin came down, got to know him a bit. I'm sure they had a talk. Torlin definitely had a talk with me. It had only been six months. And when he was killed in, uh, in 993, well, there's a point where you wonder if lightning will ever strike twice. And maybe it won't. There's only one of each of us, right? There was only one of him. But, well, he was a good man. And he was nice. He would have liked him. Oh, I, I remember meeting this fellow at the Bright Blade Treaty. The only time we could really get across the borders of Seer and Brelin to, to meet with each other. And well, he at least seemed to have his head on straight and Dano's head over heels, so what more could you really say to that? For me, it was a bit of a different scenario. Uh, I'm certainly not the only boot who ever decided to get hitched right before going off to war, that's for sure. So me and Asha, we kind of fell into it uh, in our in our use there. But unlike the rest of the recruits, I uh, there was just something special there for a while. I mean, a lot of them had a hard time with their marriages, and things changed. It wasn't what their partners expected, or vice versa. Being separated uh, across borders, across military lines. But what we had grew into a, a kind of partnership, I suppose I'd call it. And ultimately, though, that all fell apart over what really was my my greatest love. It's my second son, Morg. And oh my favorite memory of him was on leave and taking him up to the old promontory at the top of Thalenthorpe and just pushing him on the swing and waxing poetically. Even then I was working on my tales. And that's all there is to it, I suppose. Uh, the idea of, of uh, us talking about <laughs> my greatest love, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. It gives me, you know, one of those things that you kind of don't want to remember, but whenever you do, uh, it makes your your heart uh, throbbing and your uh, senses turn up. And, uh, well, I meet her 
after getting uh, seen and caught to some extent by this uh, noble elf who wanted shifters for a game of Hrashak here uh, back at Metrol. That was kind of my last months at Metrol actually before having to escape. escape. But uh, during that time, which is, wasn't more than a year, I met this this shifter, female, uh, Lancia. And uh, she was quite different from what I was expecting at the time. Just, you have to understand, uh, me at the time, and kind of still I am, having survived so much uh, by my own, it makes you wary of people surrounding you. Um, you don't have to show it because it shows fear and it shows weakness, but you are always in fear inside and you're always tempting and having your senses turn up because of survival. You have to survive, you have to be uh, attentive, you have to be wary of things. I always had that turn on my whole life. But after practicing some of this weird game that I got to know very little, Lancia there uh, helped me out, give me a hand, even though I was really bad at it at the beginning. And uh, she stood there uh, by my side, just teaching me things and teaching me styles and techniques. And at some point in time after talking and just getting to know, I started uh, to lose my sense of survival, my sense of in my instinct of being aware of my surroundings. I started to be more focused on the people that I had by my side. And I guess that was one of the only times that I got to that point before the incident that got me out of Metrol and inside the ship, sneaking into it. But, oh man, during those times, Lancia was something that takes my heart away. Nice, everyone. Benny's all around. Recap from last week from Russ. Got it. Well, here's what I know. Miss Quinn and Scrimshaw are missing. But if they're still alive, it's on this island we found ourselves on. We've scored the northern half. Now it's time to patrol the south. Torlin and me, we check a long overgrown field showing some kind of agriculture while the rest head up to the rampart on the hill. And Torlin and I ultimately don't find anything, but we do get attacked by something during the search. It's big and it burrows and it's got acid for blood or spit, maybe both. I swear it, it might be a Remmer has, but, but that don't really make sense. They normally don't get this far south and it's on an island. That, anyways, I try not to think too hard about it. Anyways, Dana and Truco and Slippery Sill, they go ahead and search the ramparts and find what's called a, a ghast, some kind of stinky ghoul. It's eating something. They all get into a big old tussle and finally lay the thing low, only to see that it was munching on none other than Mr. Scourge. I'm wondering where he got off to. Just put a check on that box, I guess. Anyways, Truco snags himself a spyglass. Dana finds a journal, and just as Torlin and me pull up to the ramparts, uh, she's got enough of it uh, enough of it read to let us know two things. First, don't get scratched by the ghouls. Second, she thinks she knows where our crew's being kept, if they're still alive at all. There's a Grindylow Cove on the southern tip of the island. 
So that's where we're headed. By way of the path back to the field, Torlin and I searched so we can skirt the ridge to get to the shoreline. There ain't no time to waste. Thank you. So it is getting close to seven. Sun's on the horizon, going down, lights diminishing. What is the plan? And for clarity, Dana, in the journal, as it's in there, it doesn't give an exact location of where this cove is. Yeah, just, just gathering everyone around. Uh, Torlin's done whatever he did in the lodge. Everyone else is here. Hmm? I was going to say real quick, um, Truco in particular, you are incredibly weighed down by the gear that you have. I don't follow encumbrance rigidly, but particularly since you have such a low strength, you are almost double what would be normal. Uh, so you're going to need to handle that or that's going to impact you on the rest of this journey. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense for such a horde of a character. But, oh, Truco, uh, you, can, you can leave some of that behind. We'll need to come back here for that fresh water anyways. Uh, are you sure? I mean, maybe someone can take it in the meantime. I don't want What's, to uh, leave. Still carrying? I don't think there's anyone else here alive, Truco. All right, all right. I will leave some things. There'll be time to come back for it while we're repairing the ship. I will leave. I will leave the ropes and the spyglass. Mm, okay. No, no, no. The spyglass. No, I will give the spyglass spy to someone else. Yeah, 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 you don't want to lose that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Spyglass hungry creature lurking about <laughs> yes, these parts. Yeah, are, they, are they right? I mean, you you have so more experience than I. Like, that's definitely. All right, all right. It will be useful for scouting here, Truco. I'll, um, I'll hang on to it. Okay, I will give it to you. Whatever, whatever you can't easily carry, leave in the lodge. We'll come back for it when we get water. We need. Um... I do have to ask, uh, Truco, and that spyglass. What? Uh, it was attached to that like pedestal that I saw in there. Did you look through it? I did look through it. Yes. No, no, you didn't, didn't look through it. I didn't look through it. All right. No, I was focused on the item itself. I wasn't focused on the whatever the, its purpose was. Um, but did you get a sense of where it was pointed? Can I recall that, DM, in some form? Well, there is a great big mystery that remains unresolved down in those fields. Uh, there's there's a tale that remains untold about these wedding dresses and all of this. It seems. Un it's, well, except for that journal, anyways. Well, there's nothing there they'll tell us about about that, but we need to get down. We need to get back down to the south of the ridge. Apparently, the Grindula are holed up in a cove down there, and that's what that spyglass was was perched watching. The beacon, the ghouls, seems a uh, last year, maybe more recently. Some Karns went to Kibara looking for a, looking to capture some ghouls for whatever in Kyber Karns do with with them as if they're not bad enough already. And uh, are, are we talking about all this while walking, right? Or why? Not jogging? yet, because from what I can see, you're still way down. I need to know. Uh, getting rid of the short, the axe, the both ropes, and. The spyglass and handing it to to Dana. So with that all, it's 
turns me down to... That's something more reasonable. And I will say... I don't know why I have one dagger and five knives. I probably get rid of one dagger, give it to someone else. I believe Russ spoke to one in the, uh, the master the dagger that you found. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy one. Uh, I, I don't know, the fancy one, Pro- Truco will probably keep it, but uh, if you want it, uh, Rascal, I will, I will give it I to you. I can make use of if it. You, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I will give it to Rascal. And also for clarity, last time I said you found a single potion of blur on Master Scourge. You actually found two. Oh, great. Blur. I, I guess that puts me. Down to 23. That's, where you're at now is reasonably close enough. Okay. Okay. I will keep the, the, the short sword that I have as well, if that brings me down a bit closer to the... Uh, you mean the copash? Yeah. Uh, I can give it to someone else. Or I can... I, I, I don't use it. So I could say like I could I did leave it at the ship when I don't have it with me. So... Or okay. you want to play that out? That works. Okay, good. But yeah, now walking or whatever. Okay. Now we can get back to beginning to walk down the hill. <laughs> All right, Re- reset, I guess. Carnes passed through here. Not sure if it was. I mean, I think it was. I think it was sometime last year because that's where the journal ends. They're the ones who built the beacon. They'd been, and they're the ones who brought the ghouls here. They, they went to Kabara to get some ghouls for whatever their necromantic shit is. Thought they could. Those Karns always think they have the upper hand. Well, didn't work out for them. First off, they all, uh, some of those ghouls got loose on the ship infected the crew with that that scratch and fever uh, they wrecked the ship on the rocks in the channel out there came here built the beacon tried planted those fields built the stockade tried to make a go of it but uh they had infected people and where you got infected people you got more ghouls seems they might all be gone now the last survivor had the had the decency to finish himself off before spreading the ghouls more. Six damn Karns. Even out here. The fever stops if if you kill yourself. I always thought the undead would come back to life, you know? Regardless of... I thought you were going to say you were starting to feel a fever coming on. That was... You you put my heart down in the bottom pit of my stomach. I had you in the first half. You're not gonna like lie. Like I said, like, like I said, beer. make sure make sure you're all covered up as much as you can, because I think there's a good chance we've killed them all, but still only a chance. Not it's not a chance I'm willing to take. So and make I'm, sure you're all covered up. We are up. sure that uh, Sandara get the other person that are there. Scrimshaw. Yeah, Scrimshaw. Are there there at the direction we are going? I mean, the, is the last no. place I'm guessing. I mean, best we, best any of us could ascertain is the Grindelow took them. According to All that right. journal, according to the way that spyglass was mounted, the Grindelow are down on the south end of this ridge. They're holed up in a cove means we need to get down to the waterline. So let's go Over. back down the way we came. 
because there's a nice safe path. Work our way along the ridge back down to the beach south. You're saying the Karns had spotted the Grindy Lowe's uh, hideout. Made note of it they in their did. journal. They were keeping an eye on them, but the Grindilo weren't their problem. The Karns were their own problem. <laughs> Figures. Well, case closed. Another one for Bra- Braxis Wren. So- Maybe one more chapter in the book. No luck down in, uh, nothing down in those fields, huh? There was a, a path going into the fields proper, but other than that, if if you're saying it's along the southern edge, then I'm fine passing right by it. Pass by it with numbers. Nobody goes near that thing by their lonesome. Oh, yeah. Stay stay on the, the rocks as best you can, because... Or with my accompaniment, because I scared it off. Nice oh. and proper. Let's just keep working our way along. Let's follow the ridge line from the bottom. We'll find this cove. So you're heading down the path, then down the ridge. That's my understanding, yeah. Just going to start searching the, the southern part for a cove? Yeah. Okay. So we are going to turn this into a dramatic task. Because you are searching for a place that you don't know exactly where it is at night. Uh, So the dramatic task is going to kind of determine how long it takes you to find the cove, if you even find it. So in that regard, I'm not going to tell you how many successes you need for it. But this will take uh, three rounds. And uh, each round, there has to be at least one survival roll made. And... Two notice rolls, you know, the fourth roll, if somebody has a reasonable argument for something else, it could be that, but there needs to be at least one survival roll and one and two notice rolls each round. Make sense? Yeah. Yes. How many rounds? It will be three rounds. Okay. And this does remind me I didn't pass out adventure cards. Oh. No, no we had adventure cards. Uh, I do not have an adventure card. I have a new one. I, oh, I didn't want to lose that one. I really wanted that one. Okay. <laughs> I like that you can track the dramatic adventure task successes here. Uh, yeah. Have some I, cards for that. I did just add that today. Another point for Foundry. <laughs> did we get new, new cards? Yes. I just passed out new cards. All right. So... First round of the dramatic task. Who's doing what? What's what is the setup here? Are we close? Are we close to the south end of the island? Are we far? Are we in the jungle? Are we on along the ridge? What's the? Please set the scene. Uh, I mean, you follow down to the ridge towards the southern part of the island. Right? All right. Um, so, you know, by the time you guys start reaching here, down here is when the dramatic task will start. Okay. All right. I would like to... Barring barring anything different, I'm assuming you guys go down there and it gets started. I would like to uh, use my spyglass to add plus two to a notice check made at range to be looking, to be kind of trying to look out into the water and see if I can discern how the, uh, you know, how the surf is coming, how the how the water's flowing to get a sense of where it might be feeding into a cove. You can try that, but you're not going to be getting a plus two bonus for it because it is nighttime. So 
at nighttime, the spyglass is not going to be real useful. Of, of any of the places it would be useful, though, looking out over the water is the one place that you might be able to see something. But it is now dark. All right. So is that a flat roll, then? Uh, no, that's going to be at minus two. Well, I would like to suggest, uh, in lieu of a notice roll for this, that possibly common knowledge could apply. If it is the nighttime, I would like to take a sighting of the sky and use my knowledge of where the the relative sizes of the moons and uh, where they might be with respect to the horizon this time of year to get a sense of, of our cardinal direction we're traveling in and use that to... I'd like to counter-propose that because you just gave me an, an idea. Torlin has... Torlin can see in the dark, so I think it would make a lot of sense for him to take to swap a notice roll with me for a common knowledge. Like you take the notice roll at less of a penalty. What's uh, Russ and Truco going to do? Is, like a, is there other trees around? Or is oh there yeah, any, this, like... This is, a, this is a very jungle-filled island. Okay. I'll probably so help. by the time you get down here to the, this south edge, right, it's very rocky, uneven. There's no real beaches. There's no nothing. There's lots of trees and jungle. So it is very difficult, somewhat treacherous terrain. Okay. Hey, uh... Dwarf, oh man, it will help to you to be up in the heights for this sky, sky glass, spyglass look up thing? Uh, I'd you have know? to admit, uh, trees are not my forte. I mean, Getting I could help you with that. There was a one time thing, and that's because there was a whipping at my back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I could help you with that, maybe with some rope around, and I could just help you with the climbing thing. Just to get a bit higher. Possibly. Right. So that's basically my attempt to help. So you're going to support Torland's role? Yes, exactly. Okay. Dana, you should sight down the Ring of Sybaris. That would probably be the more stationary thing than the moons. Um, just to clarify, what's what was it that you wanted to learn from? Uh, wanted us to learn from reading the constellations. Relative uh, cardinal cardinal directions, which, in all fairness probably take a very long time to do but i think the ring of <laughs> cyberus probably is not uh i mean it's up to the dm whether it's like changing relative position but well, i mean moons of course are different spots from night to night i'll allow it because it makes sense because in this and to me i believe in a, in a especially amongst sailors in time like this it's not going to take as long as it would like us uh and two this is the kind of thing that's not useful right now. This will be useful like as you travel on there to make sure that you get strong variance to the island is how I picture it. Mm -hmm. You're really establishing like the starting point. What's Russ going to do? Uh, well, I think, I, I think I'm the only one here trained in survival, so I'm pretty sure I'm the one managing that. So I've got to fire up a torch, keep my, my sight going, and going to be bushwhacking, it looks like. Okay. And so, Truco, it sounded like you were doing a support role with athletics then? Yes. Yeah. So do that first. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take Russ that survival. Russ can make a survival yeah. roll. Dana can make a common knowledge roll. That's a seven for Truco. So plus one to Torlin's notice roll. All right. Now we're seeing some aces. And that is a 10 for Dana. I'll hold it. 
Got a four for Rascal's survival roll, and I'll hold it. Not to make it seem so difficult, Choco. I've hardly eaten anything today. Oh, turn 11. Some, that's a good round one. How many successes we got here? We got two successes from Torlin, two successes from Dana, one from Russ. Next round. So uh, you guys are all, uh, Dana, you get a good bearing on the stars, strong sense of where you are and kind of relationship to the rest of the island from what you saw climbing up on top of the ridge. Truco, you're helping get Torlin up a tree, a bit on a cliff side so he can get a good look out over and finds a path that's, you know, somewhat follows the coast. This is definitely the south side of the island is one of those things where, like I said, there's no beach there. So you can't like follow a shore along the places. You know, there's numerous places where the kind of rocks come out of the ocean and the ocean's crashing up against them. Torlin kind of follow, finds a way to work through it, you know, communicates some of what he sees to Russ and Russ is able to kind of find a reasonable path through everything and you all make pretty decent progress through the south side of the island what's everybody doing for the next round and actually even this though this is a dramatic task i should have dealt cards is there much of a change in the terrain that would cause our approach to to differ we're about to find out mm-hmm. <laughs> no not a tremendous change you guys have just managed to find a way that you can actually pick through everything to get where you're going so far. The journal just says the south end of the island. Mm-hmm. Now, what Truco could see is it was pointed somewhere down here. All right. Right? So you kind of guys, you know an area. So you're like kind of like canvassing out, looking around, trying to you know, find a way to stay close to the shore. And sometimes you're forced away from the cliffside to make a path. Well, I will start to sing a nice dwarven marching cadence from the Relish army and inspire my good Dana in whatever task that she figures out. On this round, I'm going to be looking out for the Grindulo's Telltale Slime Trails now that I know we're headed south. I'm looking for slime trails. Druko's going to use his senses, his eyes, his nose to detect any possible ambush, any possible trap, just to be aware of the surroundings. Meanwhile, Torlin's just doing so, a boisterous. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get uh, the memo? That's a lot of clubs. There are a lot of clubs that was drawn. Kind of makes up for not drawing cards next last round. Oh, oh wait, we just had, we had cards drawn that were different, and now, now it's close. I, I had to reset the initiative because you still had level-headed applied. So it was drawing two cards for you. I would redraw my club if I'm allowed. Yeah, you. anybody can spend a Benny and draw a new card. I'm going to take a new card. It's like a four of hearts now. And that's a ten of diamonds for Dana. Ten of diamonds for Dana. Thing. Russ keeping his card? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> nice. So Dana's checking out for... Grindelo slime, slime trails. trails. Yeah. Um, that would be more of a survival role, Dana. Chuko's using his peepers, so he's looking around. Yeah. What's uh, Torlin's singing song? slang. Peepers. <laughs> and. A dwarven Russ. marching cadence. Okay. 
I'll let you make a, a performance roll for that. Uh, Notice that, from that is Truco. a nine for the performance. And survival from both Dana and Russ. At a so plus we, two for Dana. Did you say we need two notices though per round? So uh, I need to switch two over. Survi- to- two survivals okay. will be fine. Okay. okay. Uh, notice for Truco, you say? Or notice from Truco. Russ is making his survival roll at minus two. At minus two. Okay. Oh. That just because the darkness or dim light? The clubs. Um, right? No, I don't have a club. I have a spade. I did actually forget that. Truco should be at. No, Truco's got low light vision, so his notice rolls are not affected. Uh, um, Dana's going to Benny that three. Okay. Yeah. So, so Truco's I, at a minus two. I got roll it. a minus one with the minus two, and I will re-roll it with a Benny. That was, that was real close, y'all. And that's better. Uh, that's a, a one, which I will spend a Benny to re-roll for a three. It's everybody else's rolls. Like. Um, I'm going to spend one more Benny on this for fun. Good foul. Oh, that's a two. We have to hold it. Whew. You know, Four. I was just doing the cadence for flavor, but I guess the support roll is smart since we're both untrained in survival. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we... That's only one success on this round. I, I'll be shocked if that's good enough. I will. I will eat another. I will eat the loss of another Benny on this one to try for a success. So I've got a five now, which I guess is a it's a seven with the modifier. But either way, I'm holding. That's still just one success. Looks like you got better rolls applying plus two. So then we got yeah. Dana's got a five. Truco's got a four. Truco's got a four. Three was the best I could do. Okay. So we will say, uh, Truco, you kind of notice like a difference in some kind of like some crashing of some waves that catches your attention that you kind of point out. You all start moving and Dana, you notice, you kind of notice how the the topography changes a little bit, kind of goes down a little bit. And so you, you end up pointing that and following it. However, Russ is, you guys are kind of, you're having a really hard time finding a trail that gets you guys to the place that you're trying to do. And you have to end up going inland up the mountain quite a bit out of your way. And for the next round. Yo ho, yo ho. Yo. <laughs> Off to Sindar we go. Please tell me that that's what Torlan, what is Torlan is singing. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Alright. Now we need six more. If it was good enough for us boots, it's good enough for you, Truco. <laughs> Russ, That's nine of clubs and three of hearts. Three of hearts, please. And looks like Slippery still gets a joker. For y'all. That should be pennies all around. Oh, did Sil not make a roll last round? I forgot to, for Sil to make a roll last time. I think Sill's making up for it with a Joker this time. That's good enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Truco's got a club, keeping it. Got a king of clubs. Uh, yeah, yeah, we keep it. Dana with the jack of hearts. Storlin with the five of spades. Russ with the three of hearts. Hold. So Let's do this. Sill will be making a notice roll. 
she does get the plus two on this. What's everybody else going to be doing this round? Uh, well, Truco, given that uh, the last round he heard some uh, waves or like the sense that we were getting closer to the south coast of the island, maybe, uh, he's going to get a bit excited and just approach, maybe go ahead of the group a bit and just get up in the... Uh, start climbing the trees and getting uh, ahead while climbing at the same time. So you're gonna be climbing around, look for stuff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just uh, just climbing and getting ahead to get a better view of things. Okay. Maybe sensing that he like the forest or the trees are not appearing anymore, and getting we are getting closer to the end. Just that sensation. Okay. Is everyone else up to? Well, I think that Torlin is keeping an eye out for any dangerous sea urchins and might get underfit. We don't want to get to any uh, any toxins in our system now. Russ right. is Sounds like still bushwhacking. Russ is bushwhacking. What's Dana up to? Uh, that's a crit oh. fail on the notice. Yeah. That was, was a hesitant yeah, roll. Gonna gonna keep on looking. I'm not sure how flavor this is a notice roll, honestly, because I don't want to. If we're cl- are we closer to the shoreline now? You're moving kind of all over the place. You're you're canvassing a large area, and this is abstracted out. So, yeah, because if, if we're close to the shoreline, I still want to be looking out for how the water is moving. Okay. To where it's flowing to. Okay. So. Notice roll from Truco. Notice roll from uh, Dana. Notice roll. roll from Russ. And so you're all aware that crit fail from Torlin does take one of your successes away. Oh. oh. I forgot about that rule. Question. I-, I meant my role to be athletics by describing the climbing thing. But I don't know if... Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. So you can make an athletics roll. Okay, Truco. good. I got you covered, Torlin. That's a 17 on the notice roll for Dana. Do we know how many successes we need yeah, for, right, you do. Oh, for overall success? Minus two, sorry. This is round three. Uh, uh, at least 20. That's a minus I have not two. told you how many successes, because basically know. how many successes you, you get tells me how long mm. it takes you to find what you're looking for. All right. Oh, fuck. And that's uh, two as well. It's a cool format. I will. I will. Just another Benny. I know not... Ace on the D6. That's an Ace. ace. Now hold it. That's better. Uh, that's a 10 for Truco. 10 from oh. Truco. <clears throat> 8 from Russ. 17 from Dana. Crit fail from Torlin. Sorry, guys. First I burned my beard off. Now I'm stepping on a jellyfish. 14 successes total. All right, so, Dana, you're watching. Truco, you kind of, like, scamper along, kind of going against the cliffs a bit, and you come out in a place, and you actually kind of find a path that connects up, and Russ helps everybody out, else out, and you all connect. Dana, you start hearing a real kind of... The waves are crashing very differently, and you kind of reach a spot where you kind of start hearing them from both the left and the right, even though you're kind of in the island. As you're looking and you see the waves, you see that clearly the waves are kind of feeding into something down in the cliffside. And 
So you can tell like down on the cliff below that there's a cove entrance down there. And it is at that moment, we will say Russ, Truco, and Dana, give me notice rolls first. No need to spend bennies on this. One. Should be a crit fail. Nope. Ace on the D4 for a six. That was a five for Dana. Six. Okay, Russ, give me an athletics check. Oh, okay. <laughs> More roll. Okay, well, there's an ace on a D6. I'll take a. I'll take a six after fatigue. I'm happy with that. So, as you're coming, you kind of come to cliffside. It's not super high. Truco could certainly climb down to the cove. You could tell where the water is coming in to kind of like cliffside and hearing big splashes and stuff like that. But you're also hearing like waves crashing behind you guys, like to the right, inland a bit. And as Torland's wandering around, despite being the one with dark vision, he's probably kind of like in that weird spot where the torch light's kind of affecting his dark vision, so he can't quite see as well as he normally does. And you start rushed, you start seeing him like pinwheel his arms as he's about to plunge into something. Torlin, you just stumble into this huge uh, opening in the side of the cliff that goes really far down. You can feel like the crash of waves and water kind of coming up for you. Russ, you manage to kind of like run over and grab him by the nape of the neck as his feet kind of kick out from underneath them. No, and he stumbles down a little bit. Grab him by the beard. Just I'm facing what, the other way. What's he kept doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you do manage to save Torlin before he pitches down into this this hole that go, that plunges down. I got you, old dwarf. Don't, uh, don't let go. Six. Oh. Don't let the devourer oh. take me. Not today. Not today, old friend. <laughs> I'm going to give everybody a penny for for that dramatic task. Well, that's another that's another one on the list of deaths, Russ. So basically, if it's not kind of clear, you're seeing you're on top of the cliffside, right? And you can definitely tell from down below there's an opening that water is coming in. But there's also an opening behind that inland that clearly connects with that cave entrance. You know, as you go over it, you can hear the waves crashing and stuff like that. Given that it's nighttime, the distance of torchlight, you can't quite see the bottom of the opening that goes down. But we'll let those notice rolls stand. Dana and Russ succeeded. You can definitely kind of tell that the opening that goes down, there's water down there. You can hear the waves crashing in. What happened? What's everyone fussing about? I think I found the entrance. All right. That's convenient. It's it's an entrance. I'm sorry, just to clarify, there there was the sounds of a separate cave entrance besides the, the moon pool or whatever. What yeah, do you, what do you um, see down there? I, I hear water, but it's crashing so, against rocks. Not a good sign. I can't see any more than you can. Luckily, I brought more than one 50-foot length of rope, because 50 wouldn't be enough. Can we hear anything other than the crashing of waves? Specifically, I'm listening for sounds of life, specifically Grindylows. 
or other. Or others, but Grindelos are the ones that... Yeah. Okay. Right, so imagine this is a side cutaway view. You guys are on top of a cliff rock up here, right? Mm -hmm. Up up in here. Dana, what you're saying is there's a cave down here with the water, but there's also an opening up down here that goes down that they clearly probably connect. Water's being funneled through into a cavern underneath you guys. Russ, give me a give me notice roll. Ace on the D4, two aces on the D4 for a 10 after fatigue. I'll hold that. The water's incredibly loud in a geological feature like this. That is definitely the biggest thing that you you can hear. You, I mean, you're really straining. You kind of go to the opening that drops down as well as kind of back up the cliffside looking out over the ocean and stuff like that. You can't hear any sounds of Grindelos. Okay. I'm going to fire a signal flare, Kidu, the cantrip version down into the, into the garbage chute as it's been so lovingly dubbed. <laughs> sure. What were you about um, to say, Dana? Oh, I, I was going to do kind of a, a similar test, but much less, uh, much less cool. Just uh, tie, tie a rock of, with some heft to the end of a rope and lower down and kind of get a sense of how deep we're actually diving into. Because I don't really want anyone jumping into water if we don't know how deep it is. Um, no so fun. Russ, give me, give me a uh, spellcasting roll for both. Sure. Nothing risk, nothing gained, as they say. Oh, it's. I'm not worried about it being too deep. I'm worried about it being too shallow. It's a dirty one, so I'm going to claim the free evocation reroll and get a four after fatigue. Tell that to somebody with philosophobia. So four. Okay, so you shoot some sparks down there. You see it go down. Your range on bolt would be smarts, yeah? Yes. Uh, what's your smarts? D8. So uh, the sparks go down, lighting up a rocky cavern that goes down. And as it gets towards down towards the bottom, still hasn't quite hit the water. You're starting to see some glistening, though. And just kind of like at the furthest extent that you know your sparks can go, you see waves kind of crashing in here as your sparks then dissipate and go out. Well, while everybody's been deliberating, Torland started to strum a tune here for his ominous ode. Oh, yonder down where the waves do crash. Upon those rocks will we be dashed? <laughs> okay, uh, Hopefully not. Make, make a uh, ominous ode roll. Indeed, Don't mess I this shall. one up. That's a whole three power points for that. Expensive. Uh, it's a five. Don't believe it gives me anything for a raise, so I'll keep... It's... The notes that come back... Because you strike a chord, right? Oh, yes, yes. Strike a chord. It comes back harmonious in nature. Ah. Well, I guess I asked to posit This is always the tricky part, is interpreting these things. <laughs> but, uh, you know... <laughs> Typically, the harmonious result is for something good, so bombs away. The... <laughs> oh, I mean, you did ask, just... are we going to get dashed against the rocks if we go down? Okay. On second thought. Maybe maybe we use the rope. Maybe we use the rope this time. Wait. What What did you ask? The... If we would so be dashed. The question dashed... that was asked is, 
are we going to get dashed against the rocks if we go down? So the I would say it's fairly reasonable for you to interpret. The answer that you got is no, you're not going to die if you jump down. Okay. Seem- so it is okay. a, a go for it. Wait. Because I'm about wait. to do a dwarvish cannonball. <laughs> you Uncle, all... Rascal, wait. Huh, just just one moment before you go. You you all can give me a boating roll as well. A boating roll? Can we please stop jumping into water before reasoning things? Oh, what's that? I can't, he- I can't hear anything over the uh, sound of the waves. I Six. mean, I like, I like to dive into things as much as the next guy, but... Let's yeah. be honest, this seems a bit dangerous. But, wh- um... That's a three for Torlin. Everyone? I'll, I've got bangs. Everyone can make a boating roll. Okay. That's a five for Dana. I like spending bennies, and I got bennies to spare, a four. That's a nine for Truco. So, uh, Dana, Russ, and Torlin, I would imagine you would think of this because it's pertinent for doing something like this. You all can tell that uh, the tide is coming in. Okay. Uh, Truco, kind of looking at things, especially, I guess, maybe because you're rigor and spent time more up there and kind of notice, well, whatever the reason, you actually kind of notice that you think high tide is only a couple hours out. Do we have uh, just a question? Do you still have that? Do you still have that potion? You mean the alchemy fire one? No, no, he found one that lets you breathe underwater. Oh, that's useful. I was about I to was, ask, uh, Ruskell, Ruskell, do you don't you have any uh, abilities in your arsenal that might be a bit explosive, a bit disruptive of the environment? Maybe that, I don't maybe that uh, might help, but in terms of just... In, in, in unfamiliar cave systems, uh, I'm I'm not sure that's uh, I'm not no, sure I mean, we just to bring to cle- the cave down. Just to make the entrance clearer, so we can have a bit more of a height a space in which we can be outside of the tide. But yeah, yeah, I would just suggestions. Russ, well, if you uh, still have that. Hmm? It's it's in the party loot sheet. I'm willing to spend a penny to say that one of us. Uh, brought it with there because when I was looking at my, my gear loadout for the ship I only considered what was in my locker not really the party loot and I probably would have brought in all the potions we had available. Uh, have you ever done cave diving before? It's extremely dangerous I and mean it's similar maybe you can cast some diving. light on things but what even with the... breathing underwater there's a very good chance you might get lost down there and just I... never come I back what, that's what I'm wondering. Russ, you can make that signal flare. If we tie a rope on you, can you go down, take a look under the waterline, and see what we're facing? Come, and we'll pull you back up. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I'll scout ahead. Uh, right. If you want to take that potion from the party loot, I'll let you do that for Benny. All right. I will spend a Benny. You think you would have taken all the potions? Yeah, I mean, it It seems like the reasonable thing to do. They're yeah. only small flasks if we're going with yeah. the, the Witcher idea, right? Sure. All right. Meanwhile, I'm uh, I'm getting Russ kind of secured into... Uh... Wow, I just completely forgot the name. It's not like I haven't done this before. There's a Swiss seat harness that you can tie with, with just a rope. Although, 
Switzerland doesn't exactly exist, so it'd be a <laughs> be a car well, seat I'm, harness. I'm not looking for a seat harness unless you want to be detached once you're down in the water. No, no. the The harness is you tie it into the rope, but you there. It's a, you tie it in a pattern around the body, around each of the limbs, so you have a yes, yeah. So, that is that is the one I wanna I wanna be gearing up on Russ right now. So I think I mean, this is something that you would consider notice that uh, unless he's able to stay above water and keep a torch lit, he is not likely going to be able to see much of anything. That's why he's got a signal, a magical signal flare. That's what I'm getting at. His signal flare is not going to provide light. I mean, it, it might provide like, well, no, yeah, since it's not even the light spell, I'm not going to let it provide any light. Uh, just to clarify, it's a dangerous situation. We have to dive in. There's a lot of height involved. Uh, it's quite a dexterous require a dexterous job. I think I'm the perfect fit, if I'm honest. Uh, but whatever. Ross Clogan does his thing. I mean, he. No, no. Well, I guess anything, he's quite capable of. If that's the case, then we'll repel you down. Yeah. We'll let you down all right. slowly. All right. All right. That, if just is a, a reconnaissance thing. Yeah. In that case, Ross, why don't you lend me a hand? Let's let's get him let's yeah. get him fixed up. What would you like um, us to roll? To first to tie a harness into the end of one rope that Truco's tied into, and then second to tie the ropes together. Or you want to encompass that all in one? I'm, you guys won't have to roll. I mean, you're all sailors. If you guys don't know how to tie knots yet, what are you doing on ships? So fair point. <laughs> so lowering him down is not much of a problem. So what exactly was the plan uh, again? Uh, the plan was for Truco to get lower down, take that potion of water breathing in case he winds up needing it, take a look down down under the waterline there to see where the where the tunnel where the cave system goes and what we're looking at, and Truco will will wait for you to come back up above the water and then pull you all the way up. But if you get in trouble, you pull on that rope twice, and we'll start pulling you out of there right away. You hear? Pulling twice. I got it. So, just for the help, Truco, you would be going down with a torch, and you know you'd want it to last as long as you can because you do know that you can see better at night. But if it gets like really dark, really yeah, dark down there, yeah. which being nighttime down in a cave is highly likely, your vision is only going to be marginally better than uh, either of the humans' vision, right? Right. Do you have any torches? You may do. I've got I've got a couple of no, I'll go ahead and burn uh, one of my torches and tinder sticks. And I do believe I you all took some torches from that bonfire anyways. All I know Can is I had three them? at the top of the session and the tinder sticks from the northeast corner of the island. Was that the bonfire? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are them. I burned one for the dramatic task to have light during the, the dramatic task. You could say it's the same torch if you want. I don't know how long those are supposed to burn. I think they're only supposed to burn for an hour. So Okay, yeah. So I'll, we can just say it's it's another one. And uh, I'll burn a tinder twig as well. So I'm down to one torch left and one tinder twig. This works. Yep. This is it's straight chimney down all the way down 75, 80, 90 feet. Uh, there's still rope left over by the time you get down. Uh, it's quite spacious in here. So yeah, you can uh, give me notice. Give me notice roll. Sure. Also, just to clarify, I try to do this stealthily, maybe. If 
if possible. Uh, oh. That is a tree which I will banny uh, with Elan. That's better. That's like six. So, not much stealth involved. You are carrying a torch and you're being lowered down yeah. on rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at least in this part, there's not much going on. You can tell that uh, the ocean is this way. So, water's like coming in this way, generally crashing against this wall, kind of swirling around, creating a bit of an eddy. And water also flows in down this way and kind of around a corner through another passage. So there's clearly a passage here that leads further underneath the eye. How is the tide at the moment? Still like... Uh, and from what you tell, the, the tide is coming in and it's right. it's high. Uh, unless you want them to like lower you into the water, you're not, you can't, the water's like swirling around and churning quite a bit. It doesn't look dangerous. It doesn't look like a tide pool or anything like that. Um, you know, you do need to be cautious and conscious of what you're doing. It is providing enough risk in that regard. But you'd have to kind of like get in the water to be able to tell like how deep it is or anything. All right. You see uh, some seaweed in there like being thrown around with the water. Okay. Can I go back up? It might take a long time, a short time. I don't know. Um, After seeing this. Do you want them to pull you back up? Huh? Yes. I mean, it'll take uh, longer than down, but I mean, we're only looking at probably no more than 10 minutes. Okay. I will ask for that maybe with one pull instead of two or some sort of signal that we made. That was quick. Uh, you can't bring them, uh, bring them in. Yeah. Let's bring them up. Okay, uh, there was nothing strange there. There was just two entrances. One that seems to go into the mountain, mountain, and the other one, or the cliffs rather, and the other one is the one that we saw has it out on the coast. Uh, I'm guessing we might be interested in getting there, right? In that. We want to go inland. Yes, we exactly. We want to go inland. Exactly. How, so how flooded maybe, was it, and how far could you see? It was somewhat flooded. I couldn't see past the cave but i just wanted to see if we maybe we can get all of us down there uh maybe maybe if i can get back uh with the rope i don't know how much rope we have left but maybe uh, it's a bit but maybe trying to tie it to some uh, stalagmite or i don't know how to call them maybe to tie them to something to some of the rocks maybe in order to make some way of a of a way in that is safer than just jumping yeah absolutely uh, okay are we going to be underwater once we once we hit that tunnel definitely and you can see more than about five ten feet no i couldn't i see that it's a long cave so it keeps continue the, uh it continue into the land i couldn't see much further <sighs> maybe we should have still here uh, keep a remembrance for us if we don't come back in time. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. I don't like the idea of not knowing how far we're swimming down that tunnel. But 
It's got to be done one well, way or the other. I, I can investigate further if you want. It's, you are the it's also I, not only just swimming down the tunnel, the tide is coming in still. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have to make a choice the now. The water level will rise yes, higher. Yes, we do. Yep. Uh, so no, I I would have liked to have known how long we'd have to hold our breath down there, but I can I can investigate further. I just wanted to. Nope. We should just nope. go. We're going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going. Let's tie this rope off and go. Presumably. Okay, Truco is going to go. Torlin already had the rope fixed to something behind us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah got ten minutes. Trees are close enough that, yeah. that yes. you can just, tie it to. There's no problem. Then you're all gonna, you're all gonna go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Truco is gonna go down again first and try to tie the other end of the rope to some rock, if possible. Uh, whatever, if there is any way that that can happen, in order to make it safer. Leaving it loose would make would make it safer. Yeah, we'll we don't want safer? to tie the second. We don't want to tie the bottom end down. Okay. The, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We will take a break there. Welcome back. One of the last things I kind of want to point out to y'all before you go down here, just as information, do with whichever you want. You you are all kind of closing in on 24 hours without sleep. So if you should end up down here for a long time, probably going to end up needing to make checks to see if sleep deprivation is affecting you or not. Which sure. will translate into one more point of fatigue, I'm guessing. Yeah. Is anyone if, on? If you feel is anyone extra checks, tired yes. right now? Roscoe, you have... Oh, just, just normal just a, tired. Just a little tired. Just a little tired. Okay. Really, I'm, I'm still just hurt from, from that chest bruise. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Still going down? Yeah, let's we do it. changing thing? Cool. Okay. You're leaving Sill up top, right? Was that the intention? I uh, wasn't planning to. Nope. Sil's I think, I think that was well. a I think that was a frivolous comment about Sill making our uh, our obituaries. I think that was a, a joking comment. I mean, it's what okay. we do in real life about cave diving, but uh, you know, let somebody know where you're going. No, it's it's not what we're doing. Onwards! Torlin will lead the way because he's heaviest. He doesn't want to fall on anyone. So, how's light being handled? Got uh, two torches, uh, yeah? Dana's still got three torches <clears throat> that have not been expended yet. I will uh, hand out the the water, the potion of water breathing to someone else. I think one person is as good as another. Okay. Yeah. Keeping it. Okay. So who's who's going down with light? Who's going to be having active torches? Truco already uh, had one, so Truco, I would say. I will I will take a torch and activate it once I'm down on solid ground. If I don't know how I'm going to hold the torch and climb at the same time. I'll take the I'll take Truco's torch once we get to the ground or once we get to to the bottom. Okay. That's actually true. Since you're not being lowered down, you're going to be climbing down. You'll have to light torches down there. Mm-hmm. We've got the one. So Truco's attached mm-hmm. to the end of the rope or was. So we can still let, let him go down with the lit torch. The rest of us okay. will climb down and I'll take the lit torch from Truco once I'm down on the ground. And it sounds okay. like El, uh, Dana is going to light one up as well. Well, we'll I guess we'll figure that when we get down there. Then. Okay. So okay. Truco's got a torch. Truco, you come on down. So it is clear when you get down there, Truco, that there is no real solid ground to be on. 
the chimney goes down and the water's just coming in, there is kind of no ground where you're at. Is there anything in particular you're doing as you wait for everybody down here? I mean, besides getting a clear view, uh, approaching the torch uh, towards things, Truco is probably... Uh, no, I mean, I would say he will wait. Okay. What's the order for the rescue? Torlin first. Ian's okay. last. Which means Russ is after Torlin. And, and Sil. Uh, oh, yeah, so Sil is after Russ. Yeah. yeah. And I, that'll just be our marching order. Right, lads? Yeah. Glasses. All right. Continuing so, onwards. Chuko, Torlin, Russ, Sil, Dana. So you come down here, Torlin. I might as well pull everybody down here because you don't have any problem getting down. Torlin, you're going to use a torch when you get down there, correct? Uh, yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing to do. So else you is. guys have to go in the water. And when you get into the water, it's fairly clear here in this area. Your feet don't touch the bottom. Okay. Right? It is kind of swirling around quite a bit because... The water's clearly coming from the cave that connects out with the ocean from down this tunnel, right? And it comes in, often splashes against the wall here, turns around into, not a, it's not a strong tide pool or anything like that, but it does swirl in here. And then there's, the water does go down a passage this way further into the mountain. Well, that's where we need to be inland towards the cove. Yes, that seems to be the way. I can dive in first and see how difficult it is to get to that part of the cave. So give me an athletics check, Truco. All right. <laughs> That's a great, lovely, beautiful wow. start. That's a critical right. failure. Hope you got your backup character. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my, po my potion of water breathing. That's what you get for pushing to the front, like all confident when Torlin just said, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I mean, overconfident. That's Hubris. That's, that's true. I guess that's true. Overconfident. I'll give you Benny for that there, Truco. Nobody ever I deserves mean, I did a crit fail, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Truco deserves so, it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> so... You're watching everybody come down. You're getting ready to get Torlin with some difficulty, lights a torch. You hand your torch off to Russ as he gets down here. And you're not really paying attention to the water. And just as you kind of go, there's a, a big wave that kind of comes in from the ocean, swirls everything down. And just as you start to swim down this tunnel, you get completely pushed by the water and you definitely take a level of fatigue from bumps and bruises. Okay. As you're kind of like knocked around into this little tunnel, there's a couple spots where your feet kick against some ground, but then there's no ground and kick against some rocks again. You're having a tough time of it. Did he just get swept out of sight? Yeah. But oh. into the good tunnel, not the bad oh, tunnel. Kyber. I just dive right in after him. I'm gone. I'm gone, kids. I would like to spend a penny to say that Torlin has his rope that I already spent a penny for turned into a, like a harness on his chest, ready to go for this moment so that he has something that he can offer to somebody who's drowning and not like just get totally pulled under himself by flailing legs and arms. 
I would like to spend money. I, I don't remember if I dictated that, which would be I, I, improper. I heard that. So I'm not I'm not quite picturing what you mean by having a harness on yourself ready to save somebody. Well, basically, like I'm tied into one end of the rope. And if you got somebody who's panicking, it seems better to offer them the lifeline rather than your arms and your legs and therefore not be able to swim with your arms and your legs because somebody who's drowning is trying to maybe pull you under. That won't quite work in this case since I said he got caught by the current and like sucked away very yeah. quickly. Do, do uh, I get the moment you know, after where... this is over, if you want to use that to like tie you all to, together using the rope, that's that's valid. Yeah. Chuko after at some point he gets he stabilizes. Uh, like yeah, you, to, to get you some rocks get, or, and gets out of the get, water. Is this? Yeah, you get you get okay. you get stuck on a wall, kind of like an okay. old cubby corner okay. hole. Give me an athletics so, roll, Dana. Come on, big money. That's an ace on the wild die. Four a seven. I'll I'll keep the seven. With just like a hint of torchlight behind you, you connect with Truco. He's kind of on the wall. You hear him? He's coughing out some water and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Head, you managed to, to swim through. Easy, Truco. Easy, Truco. I got you. Let's. <clears throat> See, that's, that's the easy way to get here. <clears throat> and I'm just going to kind of get, if there's an outcropping, you know, kind of get a hold of, of the wall on one side and hang on to Truco with my other arm and wait for everyone. Yeah. Catch sure. up. What's everybody else and doing? I'll yell back down the tunnel. I've got him. Uh, we are. Following, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Russ and Torlin, give me athletics rolls minus one. Torlin's just going to position himself in a floating position here so he doesn't get pulled under by the undercurrent. It's a two. I'll throw one Benny at it. The minus one being, this is very challenging for you to keep the torch lit and go through. Ah, okay. Uh, I got a Benny. Yeah, I got a six, so... I'll hold that. That's uh, a three and then an eight. Hold it. Nice. Okay. So yeah, everybody gets in and there's some more light visible. So as you can tell as the tide's coming in that in certain spots, there's not a ton of headroom. There's a couple spots where you can actually like, your feet can touch the ground and if this was at low tide you would probably be able to kind of walk through here for the most part you wouldn't have to be swimming through here but there's enough kind of like deeper parts and stuff like that now that it's coming into high tide you do have to swim through most of it and from there you come to a part where the cave wise it does go left and right well let's uh just stay on the left wall seems like a good way to keep our bearings all right for me and is there any particular way you guys are m- moving along here that I need to know about? Uh, I think one will say, yeah, if any one of you gets gets mixed up and you're getting carried along, just try and do the same thing. Stay on the left side. Don't ever take a right. I, I think stealth is really kind of out of the question because we have two torches. You have yeah. two torches and half the time you need to, more than half the time yeah. you need to swim. So stealth is really out of the question so i think we're just we're trudging along yeah if anything if anything we're moving at like almost a, a double time or a hurried pace because we're racing against tide now 
Maybe Eel. the old devourer priest gag might work on them there, Ruskal. The what? I don't know how I've got so much time for for jokes here. This <laughs> <laughs> is uh, some lazy river float. Russ, give me an arcana roll. Uh, okay. This is a skill that doesn't see a whole lot of action. That's a three, and I'm going to go ahead and just leave it at that. Okay. So you're heading left? Yes. Is Truco still going to be in the front? I don't know, given the situation, he's somewhat willing, but if anyone says otherwise... Yeah, let's just say Truco's in front. Torlin's right behind him. Okay. Uh, sure. Overconfident, right? You can, I mean, you can lead. I can with two fatigue. <laughs> Uh, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Tolan wants to to go in front. Oh, it, okay, Truco, you you got banged up a bit back there. I'll, I'll take the lead. That means, Russ, I need you bringing up the rear, making sure everyone makes it. All right. Aye, aye. So, Russ, now in the back? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, right around here, Dana, the seaweed gets very thick. It's not grabbing at you or anything like that, but you're having to kind of move through it, swim through it. The chamber opens up and into a large chamber and looking up into it, you know, the torchlight shines. The ceiling looks carved kind of to resemble the interior of some great sea creature. Like it's a rib cage going on. It doesn't look like an actual rib cage. It just looks kind of like the carving of that. Okay. Interesting. And once and past the seaweed? Give me a notice check. We got that's a five. Yeah, I'll go Benny that. Go fishing. That's not better. That's a four. I'm holding with the five. Makes no difference either way. So you get past the seaweed and everybody starts following. Just at the last moment, you see some movement in the water as a Grindelow comes towards you. And what we are going to do here, actually, is rather than a combat or even a quick encounter, we're going to do this as a dramatic task. Move through and complete the rest of this cavern that you're moving through. Again, it's going to be kind of like the similar to the last dramatic task that the number of successes, there, there is no goal. The number of successes kind of tells me how the endpoint's going to look when you get to it. Make sense? Right. Yeah. And in uh, that case, so, uh, yeah. So just to say, I would like to activate my my adventure card for this encounter. Sure. Okay. Uh, arcane inspiration. Yep. Add a plus three, uh, plus two to trade rolls made to activate powers for the remainder of this encounter. For any of the casters out there, which is everyone but me. I'll let you have that this time, but normally actually the way I read this card is it's for whoever plays the card. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Okay. Let me add everybody to the tracker. So what is it? We use our... Uh, well, actually, I am not adding them because this is going to be done as a dramatic task. So of course, particularly for this first round, since it's going to be against Grindelow's, Roles for success on this are going to be various combat roles. Athletics, fighting, spellcasting, whatever you choose to do. And whatever spellcasting happens, in essence, since we're abstracting out, might cross over a couple rounds. 
we'll just roll a D6 afterwards to see how many power points you expend. Okay. If you're using a spellcasting one. Yep. So with that, we will find out what cards everybody gets. Chiriko gets a four of clubs, but no, because he's too quick for that. Instead, he gets queens of, queen of hearts. Russ, do you want the two of spades or the two of clubs? I'll take the two of spades, please. And if I'm not mistaken, you do have calculating, yes? No, I do not have calculating. That'll be something ah, I okay. wind up picking up later. So you notice, Dana, that four Grindelos come up out of the water and begin to come towards you all. What are you all doing for this? What's your intention for this combat encounter? Think more mostly what you're doing rather than one action per se, right? Well, uh, Torlin, I don't think that uh, Cutlass is going to avail him very much here. So he's just going to try and use the old fisticuffs and wrangle these fellas. Maybe tie their tentacle beards together like shoelaces. Okay. That sounds like fighting to me. That almost sounds like a test to me in which, but even if it's not officially a test, Dana would follow that up attempting to kill with her sword the Grindelo Torlin gets tangled up. Can I use martial flexibility for this encounter? This is a dramatic task. So you're not going to be fighting individual Grind Grindelos. You're going to kind of make one roll for this and kind of determine how this whole encounter with these Grindelos works. So it's kind of, look at it more like a quick encounter. Okay, so there's only one round. Yeah. Tactically, it's probably better for me to just do the individual roll, I think. Dramatic task. Sure. We're both skilled yeah, so, with our fighting. Sure, I'd still like to invoke martial flexibility if I can, since it is an encounter, and and acquire frenzy as I uh, as I get uh, vicious with these Grindelow. That won't help you for this, because as a dramatic task, you're still just going to be making one roll. Then I'm just going to kill as many Grindelow as possible. Okay. Yeah. Flavor-wise, maybe. Yeah, flavor flavor-wise, you're going you're going off in the frenzy. Truco, Russ? Russ is going to be spell slinging. There's at least one thunderclap that's going out and probably multiple okay. and filling up the this whole cavern with, you know, sparks and shines and big rumbles of thunder. Okay. And Truco? Seeing how everyone is dealing with the Grindelows, Truco doesn't feel quite comfortable with combat underwater, so he's gonna try and get in a more advantageous position ahead next to the entrance, the or the other entrance of this section, and stealthily behind the enemy lines. Okay, so you're, you're gonna try and hide? Yes. Okay. Maybe dive so underwater and just... Need fighting rolls from Torlin and Dana... Spell casting roll from Russ, stealth roll from Truco. I like to imagine that uh, Ruskell doing like a selective thunderclap is just him shouting out, cover your ears. <laughs> and so we'll be making a fighting roll. That's a four for Torlin, and I will keep. That's an eight, uh, six for Truco. Five for Dana. I'm not happy with only one success for all of us. I'm gonna. I already claimed my free reroll. I'm gonna throw a Benny at the spellcasting. There it is. Ace on that's, the D8. That's 
like for so many. eight after <laughs> after the fatigue, but still yeah. got a raise. So eight from Russ, a success with Ray's, success with Dana, success with Truco. Oh, still got a six. I thought still rolled a two. So still got a success. And nice. Twelen got a success. So that's six successes. Say that five times fast. Yeah, no kidding. So, Dana, you go into a bit of a frenzy, you know, start stabbing with your, are you using the rapier? You got a rapier and a cutlass now, don't you? I do. I do. I'm double, I'm double holstering it. Um, cutlass in the water, slashing. Sure. So, Truco, you like kind of like dip underneath the water and kind of swim by as these four Grindelows come after Dana and Torlin in particular. Who got the raise? Russ got the raise. Slippery Sill comes in. Sill's just got a Bailey pin at this point and just clubs one of the Grindelows over the head, kind of like slips underneath the water. Dana manages to stab another one while Torlin also does the same. And Russ, you kind of hang back, getting ready to do some spell slinging. But you see the ones in front of you drop quite a bit. And you actually notice there's a couple that come up behind you that you then turn around and what are you blasting them with? Thunderwave full. You all hear this big, huge clap of thunder that reverberates in this can in this cavern down here. You know, and the wave of water kind of explodes up, hurling these Grindylows against the wall back here, taking them out. I'm gonna go ahead and roll a d6 to see how many power points that eats. Uh, no, it'll be more for the whole dramatic task. And you sneaking forward, Truco, you actually notice you hear some noise and some Grindelows from in front of you are coming towards you, you can hear. So next round, Truco could have a two of hearts, but no. He's quick. Four of spades, but no, he's quicker than that. Ten of diamonds. Russ can have a five of spades or a seven of clubs. I'll take the five of spades, please. And Slippery Sill again gets a joker. Again with the joker, yeah. That's All right. Benny well, for everyone. That's Sill is responding well to my leadership. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're making a connection. And Dana's got a seven of spades. Torland's got a six of diamonds. So Russ can hear more Grindelow coming from behind. Tracted by a huge clap of thunder that's coming through. And they come swimming up. Truco hides off onto the sides as some more Grindelows come in from the other cavern. And what is everybody intending on doing this round? I want to ask Ruskell if he did give any sort of warning about the, the thunderclap there. That was something he had in, because it is a stressful situation, so understandable if not. Yeah, I think Russ might have a phrase for something along the lines of like, going loud. Um, okay. And that just means here comes loud noises. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, Torlin, Torlin is, is appraised of the situation that I'm thinking about my hindrance is what I have in mind here, but I think if he I th- he knows it's coming, it's all right. Well, I would think even despite knowing it's coming, because of how loud it is in this cavern. Maybe so. Give me a, okay. give me a spirit check. 
All right. It's a six. It's a six. That's good enough. Yeah. His, that is good enough. It, it rattles you a little bit because, again, it's just like... This is not the first time that torlin has been fighting hand-to-hand in, in, in the sea, and he has to pull himself back a little bit from that when, when this loud bang comes off. It's almost like one of the siege staffs. Yep. And what is everybody doing this round? Dana says, with me, Sill, and move towards those three I see near that have come up where Truco's hiding, and again, just lay into them to attack them. Okay. Yeah, I think since it looks like there are three coming up, Russ is going to, like, kind of wait, maybe fall back a little bit, but then as it gets closer, like, meet it with his boot, shove it back towards the other two, and then another thunder wave. Trying to get all three of them. Sure. Torlan? Oh, the faces are mixing together. It's... Oh, it's terrible. I'll just keep bashing. I mean, I can't can't leave anybody behind. That won't serve. I'll do another fighting check. Sure. Probably makes sense with the roll there moving down towards Russ. And what's uh, Truco doing? It's a nine for the two ones that I uh, move they, they didn't saw me right or they seem like they, it did not seem like they saw you okay and their attention seems to be towards Dana right which is going to attack yeah, them they're, they got they're heading into the main cavern going after Dana still okay this is my reasoning I, I have a higher die on the stealth rather than fighting so either if even if i support role if i do a support role i will still be a bit behind i will try to stealth roll is not going to really help in this right this round yeah 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 no in that case i will if you do attack i'll give you a plus two your fighting role because you are striking from stealth yeah okay so i will do that then uh i will uh strike from uh taking advantage of my uh, stealthy position and just stabby stabby in the back on these two green delos, or at least one and then the other one if I got the time. Fighting roll from Dana from Truco. Truco gets plus two. Uh, All right. Russ, spellcasting roll. Six for Dana. Six for Truco. <laughs> Still got a five with the Joker. It's a five for Russ. I am going to go for the, the Evoker reroll, if you'll let me. Yeah. And nothing better. Five, and I'll hold it. Okay, so that's one, two, three, four more successes in addition to Torlin's. Um, so Torlin got two. So Torlin, you just kind of like wait in and supporting Russ after hearing that thunder wave back there. And before Russ can kick the one that's coming after him, you just come in swinging punching you actually managed to find a, a rock to stand upon so you can get your weight behind it and just like clobber it against the back wall uh and Russ notices at the moment that a third one actually comes the up king of the rock and this one actually just before you let out your thunder wave you notice russ it is wearing a tricorn hat that looks strikingly similar to the one Sandara has. As you then let loose a thunder wave catching 
you know, a couple more of those, throwing them against the rocks in a way, seeming to take them out. Dana and Syl, and Truco for that matter, all three of them that are up here, just coming, bobbing and weaving as best you can in the water. The Torlin got a raise on his fighting roll, so... And rather than punching him in the face, she smacked him in the head with your torch. And Dana's torch, you do end up, since the water's deep here and you're kind of struggling to find purchase and everything, your torch does go out, Dana, but you do manage to kill one of the Grindelows facing you. Uh, Truco takes another one out from behind. Syl takes care of another one. And it seems for a moment that all is quiet. After a few quick and exciting moments, everyone give me notice rolls. At the two. Eight for Dana. Doesn't count towards the dramatic task, right? What's that? Doesn't count towards the dramatic task, does it? No, it doesn't. I'm doing some like... Separate. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Loose. We're not quite going from round to round. There is some rolls I'm going to be having you make to kind of see how the next round of the encounter goes. Six Um, from Rascal. Six from Rascal. What's everybody else got? Two for Zuko. Eight for Dana. Two for Torlan. So, Russ, you actually noticed, like, one of the Grindelows that you took out had... Oh. The tricorn hat. It was actually wielding... Sandara's rapier and did have her tricorn hat. Everyone sound off. Because if it's dark in here. Can my feet touch the bottom of this pool? I've still got my torch, I believe. Yeah, Torlin should have his Torlin okay. still has his torch going on. I'll swim over to where Torlin is then towards the light. Everyone okay? Yeah, this one's got Sandara's stuff. I hope they're not able to turn people into oh no 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 I, is these, that possible these aren't these aren't the ghouls right we just these, kill sandara are you no these are, these are call, maybe if she was a back. dwarf dial it back these are grindelow these aren't the ghouls these are just grindelow this this is bad but it, it might not be as bad as you fear not at all the same size Russ is going to pick up Sandara's gear. Okay. So, Dana, you notice... You got a raise, right? You don't hear anything else at the moment, which, given the thunderclaps in here, either strikes you as odd or concerns you a little bit, or maybe took out a bunch of stuff. You don't know. But you do also notice in the water and some of the shallower parts that you can actually reach, you notice some stuff kind of like caught on the side and down low you actually see some like bone carving stuff just below the surface kind of like in the corners of the wall i'll scoop up one of them and hold it up see that's the one she was working on it actually seems to be a very large uh, ivory tusk perhaps from a walrus or something like that that's set with some gold and scrimshaw and then you also find a skull of what looks like to be a hammerhead shark that's also scrimshawed. Well, it looks like we're headed in the right direction, Reed. Picked and lucky. 
you actually you find a harp that seems to be made out of the jawbone of some fairly large sea creature. A harp made from a jawbone? Yep. What is, set what with is some that? Pearls. What's that oh, you have it? there, Dana? It's well here, take a look. I think it's obvious Tamroth didn't make this. Torland's eyes are mm. wide as dinner plates. <laughs> and you also find a when you pick up the, the hammerhead skull and everything, kind of set underneath it, you also see a willow stick that comes out that has an Eberron dragon shard on the tip of it. I fish that out and hold it out to Russ and say, is this what I think it is? Is it a wand? That's what I think it is, but you tell me. We'll use our detect magic on it, and if we can get a little bit more... We'll say, since you're in this area and you're kind of focusing on it and other things, there's something in Dana's pocket that is emanating magic. The wand is emanating magic. Sandara's hat is emanating magic, which you did know that was magical. The harp, the hammerhead skull, that other stuff that you found did not emanate magic. You know, the cutlass that Dana is wielding is magical, as well as the other cutlass that Torlin is wielding. There's something in Dana's pocket that's emanating magic? And there's also something in Truco's pocket that is emanating magic. Oh, yeah. Dana, what do you what do you got there? Point to what that pocket. I, I, I start fishing my hand in my pocket. It's a ring that you picked up in the stockade. Oh, I kind of test it, slide on what finger it fits on, and say, uh... Like I said, you tell me. Uh, I can't oh. tell you what it is, but I can tell you it's magical. All right, well, let's see if it doesn't come in handy some point, whatever it is. We, we'd we best be yeah. heading down the direction all this flotsam came from. Oh. You, uh, we knocked on the door. It's time to open it. So give me an arcana check, Russ. Dana, when you slip the ring on, you do notice that the water changes. You feel different, more buoyant in the water. That's a four, and I'll Like somehow you were made for the water. I just kind of slide it off and on, kind of testing the difference and say, okay, this is, this is good. I think this will help me move around a bit better. Let's follow where that flossing is coming. Don't let Slippery Sill see that. It's perfect for her. Russ, after a few moments of examining the wand. What a marvel. Certainly take the wand. Truco, do you want any of this uh, scrimshaw? I'll I'll, I'll take the scrimshaw if nobody else does. I can. I'm taking it. So you start messing around with the wand a little bit. You're able to kind of see some small inscriptions on it that give you some assistance in wielding it. Uh, And you come to realize, Russ, that this is a wand of relief. When used, it casts the relief power. Oh la la. Is it something that has limited charge or charges per day? Do I use my own power points through it? like most wands, it has limited charge. Okay. Does that mean it's consumable or that it renews after a time? 
Either way, it's yeah, it has limited number of charges. Most, right most wands they have a set number of charges, and when the charges are gone, the wand is spent and uh, becomes inert. Well, that is going to be profoundly useful right away. All right, Russ, that's something you can use. Yeah, I should be able to use it. Good, good. Just find a spot in the bandolier to stick it right on in. You're gonna use the wand. Gonna continue forward. What's the oh. what's next? I feel like we're all prioritizing time here. Spend as little as much. Um, uh, yeah, I think Lowe's. we should look ahead, right? We, I mean, at least to check out if I mean we found other things, but we don't have found them. Um, right, unless, they might be nearby still. Yeah, it might be. Let's follow where this there, uh, where this stuff floated down from. Is there anybody real hurting? I mean, I just survive. Uh, high tide, and I'm honestly quite tired, but we can't. I can still go on. So let's keep going. Typically, using a wand is just an action, so it's very quick. And if you haven't checked it yet, relief removes fatigue. Right. I'm gonna zap Truco with a charge of with a relief charge. Okay. What? What? I is see that? you zapping. What are you doing? Is that? You said like it was a one of relief. I don't want to relieve here. We're in the water. <laughs> oh no! I don't know if Russ said what that was in a uh, in character. No, I just asked him if he could use it. And now I just see him turning I, it on Truco. I, so he's just like, to. what the hell? It sounded like a declaration of an action to me. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Nope. So, go ahead and make a spellcasting roll. All right. I think. That's a three. I'll throw a Benny at it. That's worse. That's a two. I'll throw a Benny at it. That's a four for one success, and I'm Benny Dry. That that was a really (laughs) costly fatigue point (laughs) there. So go ahead and remove a level of fatigue as suddenly he just kind of like points the wand at you and Oh wow! Russ, what are you? Oh wow! Oof! Caps your feeling oh, feel much better. That well, took it's, some. It's a, it's an invigorating uh, wand. I little. can feel it. Yeah, it just it took some rocks on my back. Oof! Oof! Wow. Mr. Wizard is full of surprises. I've seen one of those once. It was it's back in the war, and wow. Okay. Yeah, this uh, this doesn't look Kenneth made. It's uh, I don't think it's gonna last nearly as long as standard issue Millfare. Then we just keep moving. I, Thank you, Russell. Actually, with I your cane roll, it does look Kenneth made. Oh, it, it's Kenneth made, but uh, I still wouldn't rely well, on. Actually, it too much. no, I take that back. It's Jurasco made. This is uh, it's it's got a Jurasco stamp on it, but uh, I don't know how many. I'd have to sit down and check on how many charges. Either way, it's still limited use, so. Well, Truco's looking a lot better now, so yeah, yeah, thank you. Worth it. Let's said let's keep following this trail. I feel like it would make the most sense to go in the direction of the one wearing Sandera's stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That was the the southern way from this map. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Okay, hey everybody, give me athletics rolls. We will do this as part of the dramatic task as well. Somebody got oh. something. And it was yeah. me, a 10. Andrew Yeah, I got a 9, and I'll hold that. I will 
It's a high. I, I will use a many. Just because why not? And it uh, that's an eight plus two because of the Elon, so that's a ten. Ten, so that's two raises. Russ got a nine, two raises. Torla got a nine, two raises. Ellie was muted. Um Dana's gonna try for a raise with the added plus two from that ring of swimming. Uh, that's an ace on the wild die, that's and that is an eleven total I'm holding. Much better. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Eleven. That's actually going to be thirteen with the plus oh, two. Oh yeah, it didn't it didn't add my plus two? Yeah, that was weird. Nope. No, it's you not weird. It's, if you add a modifier after you've already rolled it once. Ah, it right, 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 right. Yeah, thirteen for Dana. So, and so five. So that's uh, ten successes. Whole bunch. So you all start swimming. The room here gets pretty large, fairly deep. It seems fairly unoccupied. There are some passages that go through. They seem to be pretty small. You check some of them out, realizing that this is the way that you probably want to go. And you begin moving down. So in this chamber that you were in, it's decorated with a whole bunch of jawbones of numerous frightening looking fish. And they're kind of all shaped together to make this chamber look like a throat of some sea creature. Okay. All right, there's some deep seaweed here, but with the high tide, you guys move through it mostly. Um, with all of these figures up on the wall, uh, do I recognize any of them with all the time I've and mystical beasts that I've told tales about? I'm not sure. Give me a common, well... It's more like rare knowledge. Yeah, it is. That's more. Um, give me a either an arcana or a lore check. Okie dokie. Uh, both of those will be untrained, it appears. And uh, oh, I aced it, but it's still a two. But I've got two betties, and that was a zero. How about? I have one. Okay. As you're moving through, everybody give me notice checks. A two for Torlin. Three for Restel. And I'm Benny Dry. Thirteen for Dana. I got you. Two for Truka. Dana notices in this little cavern as she's looking in. It's a very short cavern. Ends. But you do see a lot of glinting of metal underneath the water from a numerous different spots. Especially right. with the arrays, you definitely think there's at least coins underneath there, if not more. We've got signs of people. This is good. Let's keep going. What'd you spot? There's there's stuff under the water, probably coins, maybe other treasure. Means they're Either there's people here hoarding it, or there've been people through here losing it. Now, as you come up here, you notice Dana. Mm-hmm. You see some movement underneath the water as it's moving towards you. Looks quite hostile, and then you realize that something is coming to attack you. Not a Grindylo; it is something else. And what comes out of the water is 
something like that. Holy. Uh, okay. It, that's right, that's yeah. beautiful. It's a pop It's almost like an octopus, except it's got some webbing in between its tentacles and barbs coming off of its tentacles rather than suckers. And All right. We will go into the lovely last round of the dramatic task. So again, this is a, a, a combat round for the dramatic task. Final cards everybody gets. Russ can have a five of hearts or three of spades. Uh, five of hearts. Dana has a queen of hearts. Truco has a queen of clubs. Syl has an eight of hearts. Torland's a six of hearts. On hearts. Because we're all signs. friends here. So can I use my dragon mark as my limited free action on a dramatic task in conjunction with my action? Uh, yes, but it's not going to quite have the same effect because I'm not making attack rolls against you, per se. I know, but I have a reason. Sure. All right. So first things first is I just like kind of reach out my arms onto onto Russ and Torlin's shoulders there in front of me and drop Guardians redirect on both of them, which I believe is a total of three power points in this instance. Are um, you activating it on yourself as well? Yes, it's going on all three of us, which taps me out. It's flavored for melee, but then I feel this big old surge in me and my mark just flares to life. I play the power surge card, which immediately recovers all of my spent power points. Awesome. So I'm back up to 10 power points. And again, as soon as that shield goes up on so... the three of us, Hmm? Read off the card. Yeah, the card is Power Surge. Immediately recover all your heroes' spent power points with the flavor text. Whoa, where'd that come from? And Dane is definitely wondering that right now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. As that shield goes up around us, I'm going to slash at this worm octo thing with my cutlass. Okay. What's everyone else doing? Chuka's gonna dive in towards the creature as well, feeling a bit more relieved by Roskull's help, and just try to kind of grapple it and aim for the eye with one of his daggers. Okay. Torlin, Russ? The uh, grapple could potentially make it bound and entangled. Is the idea? You, potentially. Well, that would just be an athletics check for the dramatic task. Oh, it's a dramatic task. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, seeing Truco's idea, Torlin will try and uh, get an advantageous position and go for the eyeballs of this boss calamari. He thinks of it. And he'll get his cutlass out. You you were trying to stab in the eyes too, right, Truco? Yeah, yeah. The eyes. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, gosh. I thought you were grappling oh, it. That, it has two eyes. So I mean, yeah, I mean, one side, yeah. the other side. It's not more than one eye. It's yeah, got yeah. several eyes. There's more I mean, than it's just enough only eyes one for the both of us. And, like, I'm just trying to disembowel it here, so. And, and incidentally, one of the things I didn't point out, it's about the size of a horse. I mean, it's quite large coming up out of the water. That's great. I have to go to Russ? bed after this. <laughs> 
Are you okay? I am not okay. Oh no. Then Russ is gonna wait for one of its tentacles. It's gotta be thrashing around with two guys climbing around on it. And from there, somewhere there's gotta be some kind of like weak point to it, like a joint in one of the tentacles or maybe even the maw itself. And he's gonna join the the melee with the boys and and Dana, and uh, run up there with his dagger. Okay, everyone, give me a roll, and you all have plus two to your rolls. Sounds like getting a fighting roll from everybody. It's boring, but it'll have to do. Although Truco's a straight roll because you got a club. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, but I, I use Elon. Uh, I will take that out. Uh, I use Elon and re-roll with a Benny. Let me see if I can get that. Uh, oh, no. She get Data? Data. Spent her Benny's oh. on a crit failure, boys. <laughs> got that uh, crit fishing. Good thing, we we put a... that sh- good thing I put those shields up. <laughs> Any idea on the structure of this? Is it just a single round? or? Yeah, it's going to be a single round. Okay. All right. I'll spend a Benny on mine. Oh, yes. Did, that's good because I just burned one of our successes. Yeah. There's a four, right. now so it's an 11. See, now you're now you're covering for me. It's the circle of. Oh, I'm covering this it's... eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've got a five. Uh, yes, a five, and I'll hold that. It's the circle uh, of dice. The last trying... thing this calamari will see is my beautiful pointed beard. <laughs> I will reroll then. And. And that's a bit better uh, with uh, Elon, and I already spent a Benny, so that's uh, 13. Um, no, it would still be an 11, because you uh, you're at a minus 2. Oh, with a minus 2, yeah, so we will not fight. So that's an 11. Great. This was a Benny roll, right? So spend a yes, Benny. Yes, I already spent it. Okay. Um, so actually, yeah, you were at a plus 2. Plus minus two, 2 for the Elon, class. minus 2 for the complication. So you're actually 13. Okay. Okay. Oh, great. Um, so Dana, as you move forward quickly to touch Russ and Torlin and kind of do your thing, you put yourself up front. And even though you saw it coming because you were trying to protect them, it comes up on you and wraps some tentacles around you. And you feel this, this poison kind of course through your veins that really like causes you to empty your stomach and you retch and everything, and you're starting coughing in the water and everything, you are going to take a wound. <laughs> Torn! And with that kind of thing, I mean, it just seems overall, most everybody else just like lit into this thing in defense of Dana. I sh- need to make a roll for Sill. Sill, Sill gets, gets a success. Excellent. Okay. Torlin, you just go right for the eyes and you just, actually you and Truco, with Dana touching you, you feel like this this warm energy kind of like go over you. You see her like just get hit, raked across the face with the barbs on the tentacle and both of you kind of like dive at its eyes at the same time, very successfully. And just like take out the eyes and everything while Russ kind of comes in and you know, starts slicing up a tentacle and stuff like that. And you see this ink start to kind of come out 
and you feel it trying to pull away, but as both Sill and Russ come in for the finishing blows, it ends up like floating down to the bottom of this small chamber. I, I think I just got like totally knocked back into the water with this whatever poison vomiting seizure, just like. <laughs> and everybody give me a notice roll. Jesus. Okay, while Torlin diving down into the water, uh, the sound, the volume of that scream you just heard reverberating even through the water itself, muffled and distorted, but uh, he swims back up. Dana! Dana! (laughs) I'm okay. What do we have here for rolls? Say it, Torlin. Oh, yeah. I was a 16. That's for three aces. Hey, three aces. I say with no excitement. <laughs> I got a f- five. Russ got Eight a five. Eight. Uh, Dana got a three. So, Russ, as this thing goes down, you you hear uh, a gasp or something from down this way. Russ, down this pass. Truco, up on the rock above the water line. You notice it's stuck up there. You see a single leather bracer. Hmm. I think. Interesting. And would be swimming in that direction if, as soon as he knows Dana's okay. But yeah, you is know, she? You is she that, like paralyzed? I mean, Dana got Dana got hurt, but she was okay. Torlin, you actually notice from down here. You see inside. This ends up in a large chamber, and you see a cage hanging from the ceiling. Your dark vision is kind of working out, and you see two figures in it, and. Suddenly, you hear Sindar kind of cry out. You hear, Russ, Dana, everyone, look out, the, the queen's in here. Uh-oh, what's that mean? And with that, we will end our session tonight. Uh, oh. I have a, I have a plea for the DM. I'm sitting on this beautiful Reunion card, and I just love to play it. But we're so close. Uh but it's it's only after you complete the good deed of some import. But obviously, we won't have this card read next off session. The card. So, renown. Play after completing a good deed of some import. Everyone who has contributed receives a point of conviction. If not using conviction, then they may refresh their pennies instead. I'll let you do it since it's the end of the evening and refreshing pennies won't matter. That's a good point. I'll, I'll let you all take a point of conviction. Hey. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's Sauce. exciting. That's new. For the next session. Russ, roll me a d6. We did not cover this. Yep. This three. Three PowerPoints you spent during that. Okay. I am down to two PowerPoints. This is one of those kinds of cases, since you're effectively still in the middle of combat and you ended with a Benny, I'd let you spend that one Benny to recover power points. Okay. Well, then I will spend it and go to seven. So, and with that, we will end the session tonight with, of course, another exciting cliffhanger for next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Kevin, and I was Ruskell. I'm Ellie. I played Dana. I'm Michael Torlin. And Ernesto with Truco. 
And I'm your Dungeon Master, Philip. Again, thank you for listening. Tune back in next week for what is likely to be the season finale of season one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.